Welcome back to another episode of The Sherry Show. As you know, we are also very much here for the cultural events du jour. And this past week, the second um, iteration, uh, not the second iteration, the sequel to Coming to America came out, Coming to America. And I once again compelled my sister scholars, um, much to their chagrin, some of them, <laughs> to watch Coming to America so that we could talk about it. Uh, so joining me again today is KE, CM, and SS, Christina, Kiana, and Stephanie. And we're going to be talking about Coming to America. Thank you so much for coming on in the middle of a Friday. Friday to talk about this movie that I don't even think I can use my usual format to talk about, right? Um, we have been talking about cultural products too in terms of what we like, what we dislike, and what we think could make it better. But I'm going to say we don't give a shit about this movie. <laughs> that's, that's a good start. We do not. And we are so disappointed <laughs> in this movie. But should we be disappointed? Like, well, what I mean, did we expect? Well, there is that. There is that. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, in as much as the question is 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 a dismissive one, there are ways that I do want to talk about it because it isn't like it didn't light up our text conversation for the last couple of days, too. We've been talking about it and we've been talking about it, especially in terms of that what Stephanie just said about expectations. So one of the things that um Actually, you know what? I'm going to start in a way that I think will be really cathartic for all of us. If we could say what was the thing that we liked least about this movie, because I think the general consensus is we could have done without this one, right? Um, anybody yeah. feel like they want to... And, you know, though I may step into the devil's advocate role from time to time, please don't kick me out of the group when I ask you the devil's advocate question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, like, we are not fans, right? Um, but I think it's important for us to get in touch with what are some of the specific and perhaps subjective reasons why this particular movie rubbed us the wrong way. Um, so what did we not like about it? Who wants to start? <laughs> okay, let me start. Let me start. It's difficult. I think I think we all paused because we have so much not to like about this about this film. How do I pick one thing? It's difficult to pick one, one thing. thing. So let me start. Um, I think I think I wasn't expecting much because I've always had an issue with coming to America, even the first one. I had an issue with it. I always cite it as one of the films that has done really poorly um, in terms of, of framing Africa, you know, and for for ways that are different from Tarzan or or and or any of these other films, mm -hmm. Lion King, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't expecting that much. I, so I think the the thing that disappointed me the most was that and we talked about this in our text that so many African-American icons participated right. in that in particular Gladys Knight <laughs> I knew Gladys like, Knight was hurtful <laughs> it was hurtful Sherry yeah, yeah it was it was I like did, did she read the text and I love Gladys always have I know yeah. Kiana loves her too we do um, we watched so, that, so that's that's gonna be my my thing yeah 
I want to I want to ask for a qualifier here. Um, one of the things that you said was that it's it was different in 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 it was the way that it was the 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 first movie and 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 then this one also um, are are disappointing is different from ways things like Tarzan or uh, you know in the opening scenes with the Impala running like I thought oh my God, it's a Taylor Swift music video. Anything that kind of starts with the Taylor Swift music video, Wildest Dreams can be, <laughs> right? So I wondered if you could talk about some of the ways that you found, um, that you think this is, the the, the, the the disappointment of this is different from, say, depictions of Africa in, in, in African countries in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in things like Tarzan or Taylor mm-hmm. Swift music videos. Right. Because I expect more. You know, I you know to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Murphy has had the black community support him not only here in this country but also across Africa. At least, let me speak for Nigeria. Nigerians have always loved Eddie Murphy. You know, he's Jamaican he, too. He brought us comedy when we needed it. You know, he's so funny, so hilarious, um, and so we expect that there will be some some attention to, even if it's a comedy, right, to what the impact of these images will be on the psyche of African-Americans mm-hmm. um, in terms of what they imagine of Africans um, and also on Africans, you know, um, as they are depicted. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, it's the depiction of both Africans and African-Americans. And African-Americans. Right? Yeah, CM, so, CM so, said so that something bridge, about this too. Yeah, so that bridge that we know is so fragile, you know, mm-hmm. that bridge that can break down at any time mm-hmm. between the different points in the diaspora, that bridge was not, it was not, um, Respected. you know, like, respected or or um, enforced, you know, and, and made stronger mm-hmm. by this film. I and like I that. don't expect that of, of Eddie Murphy. I like that. I like that idea that there wasn't anything to, to, to the, the, the bridge itself wasn't strengthened because, you know, there are there are things that I could say are 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 useful about the the the, the movie and or useful for thinking about the movie in more generous ways, um, but I feel like it's inattention to that bridge, like it felt like a, a sort of disregard um, to me is 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 also one of the things that's 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 quite disappointing. Um, Christina, if I may jump your um, jump your disappointing thing, like one of the things that came up in our chat too was, um, it was how how the movie treats African Americans. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, um, real quick, like to SS's point, I was wondering, did any of these actors at some point while they were, you know, in the process of making this film, stop and say, "What the fuck am I doing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, I yeah. want to I want to ask. Some, mm-hmm. A lot of these actors that um, I think what was so painful and cringe, like I, I, it was just offensive, insulting, is mm-hmm. exactly what SS is talking about, the imagination of continental Africa, but then mm-hmm. also the like caricatures of African-Americanness, right, blackness from mm-hmm. in the U.S., mm-hmm. like the barber um Character that the barber sketches, the barber sketches the with Arsenio. Arsenio. Yeah, and Arsenio, and and even Leslie Jones. I was like, I'm disappointed with Leslie Jones, right? Like, what are you doing? 
And so, um, and then Trevor Noah was in it. What? Like, so well, it's just, it was I mean, star-studded in ways that I didn't, I couldn't understand. And in terms of the representation of African-Americans, it was just like offensive and insulting. We don't need more representations that reinforce bumbling foolishness among mm-hmm. black folks, right? Like we don't mm-hmm. need more of that. That was just like mm-hmm. a bunch of coonery essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to give you one of these devil advocate, devil's advocate questions. Like, and I'm going to ask it specifically in terms of the comedic form. Like, where is the, is, is there room in comedy to, to, to do these sorts of slapstick, um, uh, exaggerated representations for humor? Like, are there ways to do that, uh, responsibly? Yes, and there are some people who do do that responsibly. I don't think this kind of comedy is um, contributes to anything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to comedy, to any kind of conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been trying to think about like 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 how how we got to this place because a thing that's really interesting, like you know, Christina, you mentioned a lot of the comedians, right? And and I think a thing that was very clear to me about this movie, in some of the same ways that I don't know, did you guys see Chris Rock's top five? Top five is a similar um stand-up comedians movie it's a Mm stand-up comedians movie it's a movie about the craft of stand-up comedy right and i feel like outside of gladys knight gladys knight i think works alongside the tiana taylor and the salt and pepper and the en vogue and all of these Mm -hmm. people to represent a specific historical cultural zeitgeist moment that marks this movie as as nostalgia like like it's nostalgic for a particular kind of thing and i guess the thing that really disturbed me was it's a it's a specifically national nostalgia for a moment that meant that the black community was laughing at representations of Africa which is really really deeply problematic but all of that said like it's a movie about black comedy like what does it say to us that in this moment this is this is our product that gives us this kind of time capsule into what black comedic art in filmmaking looks like mm-hmm. yeah you know <clears throat> one of the things that came up for me was just kind of this sort of retrospective on african-american comedy um in the 80s and 90s and mm-hmm. how so much of that comedy rested in uh, or trafficked in these very terrible um, and problematic representations of continental Africa, you know, and, 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 you know, in a sense, what's defined as not just funny, but what's defined as a kind of American blackness or U.S. based blackness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gets kind of like juxtaposed with, you know, mm-hmm. um, Again, these these terrible problematic conceptions of, of 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 Africa, and and so you know, I think coming to America, the first one came out in eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mm-hmm. not the only, oh, although probably the most represented re- representative. It was not the only um, movie. Come through, historian. Come through, historian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to to do this very thing to build a kind of black black American comedic, I don't know, uh, sensibility in mm-hmm. these really problematic ways. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I think too, the nostalgia piece comes up pretty powerfully and I've been I've been thinking about it lately in terms of 
its relation to the nostalgia of the verses um, as, yes. as, as one that harkens back to a kind of yes. 80s, 90s moment. Um, if I could just stick a pin a little bit here for yeah. people who don't know what Versus is. Versus is a concert series that was launched in the summer of 2020, um, specifically with um, being locked down in mind. And so what it did was it had um, musical battles between artists that we all knew and loved from the 90s who kind of battled in that time, early aughts as well. And they threw them up on the uh, Instagram live to, to, to do a concert, essentially for free, starting with producers Teddy Riley and Babyface. Early performers also included um, Erica Badu and uh, Jill Scott as well. Um, so yeah, just for some context there about why this came up as, as, a, as a comparison. Kate, continue about how, how, this, how this works in comparison to, to Coming to America. And yeah, nostalgia. So, right. So the, the the sequel, right? I mean, first of all, sequels are generally problematic. I mean, how you know, it, 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 the, the notion of bringing something back, mm-hmm. I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is right. I think, a, a tall a tall order, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of this, what's so interesting, again, is, what, is, is having this second version of this film hitting when it does mm-hmm. in, in the lockdown setting. Right. Mm-hmm. When I, again, this kind of moment, these moments of like collective viewing are 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 really sharp in terms of their mm-hmm. meaning making, mm-hmm. and so coming to America falls, I think, right into that. And yeah. so yeah, yeah, it, you yeah. know, it's it doesn't really feel like a film to me as much as a remember this character and remember that and remember yeah. when he said this mm-hmm. and remember when you know I mean you know it's 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 more of that than even a kind of film with a plot or with a real mm-hmm. you know. Um, sense of kind of character development, all of that is like flat. Um, mm-hmm, it's more mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. remember when, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and in that sense, I think it's, it's very much, um, uh, you know, continuous or linked to kind of this moment of 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. early 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I this idea. Something, Sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead, SS. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to say there's something about, um, how George Floyd was, um, how, how that hit. The world, right? Oh versus gosh, yes, versus yes. how um, Mike Brown or Eric yes. Garner or all the others, like a lot of people are talking about how, oh, George Floyd opened our eyes. Like, why? Yeah. Because it's been, this has been going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think there's something that KE said about yes, how in this moment, watching. yes, this is, mm-hmm. we are undistracted. We are looking for something, you know, we're looking for some hope, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we are all waiting. And and I think that there's something about that that you know if if we were allowed to go to the theater and sit there and pick from different films, it wouldn't have hit this hard. Yeah. And then there's something else that she said about the kind of comedy that sort of um, puts a, a dagger in the depictions of Africans mm-hmm. by African Americans, mm-hmm. and that that becomes very painful. When you think about my my children, you know, be, mm-hmm. or even even um, the generation before them, with Africans being called booty scratchers and mm-hmm. so on, not mm-hmm. by white people, mm-hmm. but by African Americans, right? Mm-hmm. So 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 there is that as well. It's just mm-hmm. making me think about mm-hmm. these are the reasons why, as much as we go back to your quest, your your devil's advocate question about 
black comedy. Yeah. Um, that's why it's not funny. You know, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's, it's not as, funny to some of us. As it's not Christina funny to said, some of yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. I think the George Floyd thing is super, like I literally, in the thing that I was working on today, I literally started to, I started from the point of George Floyd and why that landed in a different way globally than Mike Brown did. Because the protests in the summer of 2020 were global ones, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also very much about the ways in which Black lives all over the world are subject to some of these very same um you know, terror tactics, for want of a better phrase, right? And so it 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 this this thing that KE said and, and that Stephanie kind of pointed to of it coming at a moment of collective viewership. Like this is the thing that's super interesting about versus and things like um uh, 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 coming to America and even Bridgerton is that we're all watching it together as a globe. We're all watching it on like there, there are no more like national network television series that are barring or separating what we watch. We're all watching everything together. And I think one of the things that I said was even if I can acknowledge the ways that this is representative of Eddie Murphy's sense of what himself as a filmmaker is, what it clearly shows me is in this fraught and historically like put this 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 huge moment he has learned nothing about cultural competency between the first film and this one like absolutely nothing and it smacks you in the face because his audience has only gotten bigger and more simultaneous right mm. um and so i really like that idea of 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 of, of viewership and nostalgia and what particular viewers in a different place would be nostalgic for Christina, you sighed a well, little bit like you had a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about um, Stephanie's points about, you know, and Kiana's points about, and you know, what you were just saying about collective viewership and thinking about George Floyd and, you know, Michael Brown and kind of the differences in terms of reception and what got white people to kind of supposedly open their eyes. Um, mm -hmm. I think it makes it even more. This film is even. I guess this, and this is what Stephanie was saying, it's even more harmful in this moment, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's more dangerous. And so, you know, I think we can also argue that potentially the first coming to America should have never been made either. I don't think they should have been made, right? Mm -hmm. And to then take, um, and these issues of like police brutality and state-sanctioned violence against brown and black people are old kind of historical, you know, issues, right? And so, and, and I just think that, these kinds of representations are so dangerous and they also mm -hmm. feed into its, you know, white imaginations of both continent, yes. Africans, yeah. but also black yes. and U.S. blackness. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And those are yes. the same people who are also watching Coming to America. It's not just black folks on Netflix watching. Oh, is it Netflix? Yeah. I can't. Prime, right? Prime. Oh, and let's talk about Bezos and money. Bezos. I, I think that's part of it too, right? <laughs> because this is funded... It's funded by white money, essentially. Well, and so I, mean, I think that's, you know. I feel like we, we can't knock, we can't knock this one for being funded by white money in ways that we're not also going to knock Guava Island for that, right? Like, yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah. Right? Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, everybody, Amazon is one of the places that has money right now and everybody trying to get some money from Amazon. But I feel like, um, 
I feel like there's something here too. Like the thing that I keep going back to, and it's it's because of a conversation that we had when we were talking about um, black feminism and how there are different versions of social media black feminism that some of us give a little bit more shade than others do. And by some of us, I mean me. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but but you know one of the things that 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 SS said that stuck with me was but you know our students are into this stuff and we owe it to them to understand where it is that they are on board with it we owe it to them to understand that and so like taking this this sense of i kind of owe it to the people who are who i want to be in conversation with who are actually enjoying things that i am recognizing as 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 lazy as sloppy as just not where it should be as ultimately dangerous especially in its approach to the rest of the world and the multiplicities of Blackness, like all of those, all of those politics of mine aside, I owe it to the people and the communities I'm invested in to understand where their stakes in this piece of art are. Mm -hmm. And so it brings me to the question too, then like conversations with, with, with people who have black children, who, um, who thoroughly enjoyed seeing um, black comedians and black princesses and black princes and and black wealth and black excellence on screen? Like how how do we how do we reconcile these these real? I mean, we we're not even laughing as much as we laughed in other episodes because we are really annoyed by this product, right? Like how do we <laughs> how do we reconcile our sense of what is responsible representations of of continental Africa and continental African cultures in um, in African American film and aesthetic production, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we how do we reconcile these responses with with the wide scale popularity of these products? And I can't help but think of things like Black is King and Black Panther as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let, let me let me try and um, address that. So I knew that we were going to do this and I mentioned it on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. you know, folks are waiting on, on this episode <laughs> because there were a lot of people, because <laughs> there are a lot of people who actually, um, as Sherry said, consumed it and enjoyed it, you know, and we cannot be snob. And I tell this to my students all the time. We, tell we can't me. be snobs you tell about. Me. You no, tell no, Sherry, I, you're, Sherry, you being a snob. Stop it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even when I talk about hip hop or or any other genre of, of black music, you know, we tend to want to only focus on the sort of quote unquote high art of black art right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so let's just talk about miles davis or mm-hmm. or maybe kendrick but let's not talk about juice world or mm-hmm. you know some mm-hmm. some or drake you know so um one of my friends on facebook wrote and i told her i was going to read it it's 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 really good she and her name is chi okoye and th- both of us grew up in in nigeria um, and she she's a professor as well. She's a, a PhD in, in African studies. So she wrote, quote, I think people had serious expectations of this movie. This was not a documentary, nor was it meant to dispel the foolish illusion that Africans in diaspora are all descendants of royalty. For me, there was no expectation of Black Panther perfection. 
it was more like COVID-19 fluff and a chance to forget reality, which I think we've we've talked about, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then, then she goes on, those who made this movie are not known for being curious about portraying Africa with any kind of accuracy, and their target audience is satisfied with, dare I say, they demanded this type of fantasy. So, 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 Sherry, I think that that really captures that audience. You, yeah. you, you know, that folks just want a little fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. see the princesses. She became a queen. Mm-hmm. You know, lovely. You they know, don't she's a warrior. They don't want to hear me talk about oh, why the politics right. of it is wrong. They, they, they don't want to. Right. They don't want right. to hear me say that. Um, right. So, what do we do with that? Like, how do we? How do we then kind of, so I, I think the point too about like just wanting it to be entertaining, this is the thing that I, I struggle with that um, what you are, if you are entertained by Leslie Jones, how do you reconcile the fact that Leslie Jones date rapes the, 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 the Eddie Murphy character? And that's, that's the premise of the movie. Right, oh, like, how do you? Oh, right? Sherry, <laughs> Sherry, I didn't, I didn't even process that. <laughs> but I mean, that's like, you know. So, so, so yeah, this is the this thing. Is why it's that's dangerous. how my brain works. That's how my brain works. And is it? I guess you know the thing that I'm, I want to get at here too is um, to the extent that is 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 that me going too far and just not just just not enjoying the thing for what the thing is right like why does it need to be a deep cultural product that is introspective about what it did in 1988 versus what it did not what it does now like why does it even need to engage with some of the things that we're talking about like George Floyd and the summer of 2020 is the furthest actually no let me not say it's the furthest thing from from the mind of this film maybe it's very much on the mind of this film you know right present Presenting something that isn't about um, violated black bodies, that isn't about um, police brutality, that is about black joy, some might say, is is also important in this moment, right? Um, but there are ways, and we have examples mm-hmm. of black joy and um, films and shows, and you know that essentially do not aren't irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I, I think it's simplistic to essentially place this binary of it has, you know, if, to be entertained, it has to go into the realm of being imperialist, racist, transphobic, homophobic, sexist, yeah. misogynist, yeah. with, with rapey, right? All of yeah. those things. Mm-hmm. And then the opposite of being smart and serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I take, I think something like, um, you know, I even think about like, Dave Chappelle and what he's been able to, he's been offering us during this pandemic, but also what he's offered us in the past, right? His show was something that t- like was entertaining as hell, but was smart as hell too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Where, and mm-hmm. so in thinking about how he represented caricatures, he did it in ways that were like kind of turning a stereotype on its head, right? It mm-hmm. was kind of being critical of itself, Mm-hmm. in a funny way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Dave Chappelle is also really interesting. And depending on what side of the Dave Chappelle line you you land on, you either think he is homophobic and transphobic as sure. well as misogynist, Absolutely. or you sort true. of understand some of the ways in which he deploys those um, those isms and, and, and subverts them in order to make a sort of larger commentary about how um, a, an entertainment industry functions. But, Absolutely. you know, it's... Yeah. it's 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 a kind of dicey thing to 
think about like what does it mean to do this sort of comedic work responsibly um that's true that's a good point yeah well and there is a kind of is there not a kind of joy in the conversation about uh about mm. these things especially again to go yeah. back to mm-hmm. that we're all watching basically the same thing in a kind mm-hmm. of global sense. I mean, there, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there is a kind of pleasure and joy mm-hmm. in the engagement with the thing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. even if that engagement is 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 critical and says, "Oh yeah. my God, I, you know, there's a this was yeah. a terrible <laughs> a film." Mm-hmm. There's 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 pleasure in the gathering that has occurred, and just in, in terms of our conversation right here. Not to mm-hmm. mention the many conversations yeah. we're having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, if I'm honest, and don't kick me out of the group, um, if I'm on- <laughs> if I'm we honest, we all say that we all say that at least once a week. At least once a week. If I'm honest, please don't kick me out. Kiana's Kiana's um Kiana's babies are giving me the um are giving me the the the, the vote of approval that I'm not gonna get um tossed out of the group. You won't um, get tossed. I won't get tossed. But you know, in, in in all honesty, like there there is a way that I can think about this movie, especially alongside um what is the making of Dolomite movie called? Um I forget. Dolomite is my name or something like that. Dolomite is my name. Right. And, and, and looking at, looking at this one in, 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 as a representation of what Eddie Murphy's, um, what his thinking of himself, especially as somebody who is a part of a larger film industry, a larger black, um, black performer, black produced film industry um, looks like, like there are ways that I can sort of think about um, coming to America as, as this very specific thing related to Eddie Murphy in, 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 in the Hollywood world and how he sees himself in the Hollywood world. That makes it interesting to think about the choices that he makes that's separate and apart from myself as a non-American black person Um seeing that a lot of how this movie marshaled its 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 comedy and its 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 value system is ex- exploitative of a particular kind of um african non-reality right a continental african non-reality like those two things we don't the 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 longer point there is or the smaller point for that longer um rant is there are ways to like what Christina said it doesn't actually have to be a binary you can actually enjoy facets of a thing but still be critical of it like Absolutely. it's not to be it's not to be like wholly critical and not able to see anything of worth or you know in the other direction but you know there is what is what is a perfect product <laughs> right mm-hmm. um, I feel I feel like this is a good time to bring up um, uh, both black is king and yes Yes. Black Panther. Yes, yes. And, and and how it is that I think the question I wanted to ask about those SS was, what do they do differently? How do they do this particular engagement with with with, with the African continent differently, mm-hmm. if at all? Mm-hmm. I think for me, and I think I come into this a little bit differently from the, the three of you, because I grew up in, in West Africa, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I go into these spaces very sensitive. I mm-hmm. carry that chip on my shoulder at mm-hmm. all times mm-hmm. when I go, in, go into these films. And for me, I, I won't lie, there were certain points in 
uh, Black Panther where I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, like really, can we um, not do that? But it was done in such high quality. Like, yeah. like the yeah. writing, uh -huh. the, that the writing was good. You know, we, we saw some incredible, I mean, there was work done to try and at least make an effort mm -hmm. to um, to create a story that we could at least be not be pissed off by, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I think it was the quality as well as the storyline, you know, and the beauty of those. But, you know, when Chadwick Boseman, bless his soul, rest in peace, mm -hmm. um, I thought his accent was uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... was tough. <laughs> I, I spent I spent a while, um, I'm going to come back to Stephanie's point. I spent a while, too, in coming to America watching for actual um, af actual actors or personalities from, um, from at least West Africa, a West African country. And I think Davido was the only person, mm -hmm. I, I may be wrong, there may be more people. There were more. Um, mm -hmm. There were more. Um, but let's like in terms of ones that were recognizable to me, um, and I think that that's another sort of interesting thing, especially to think about where the music is. Um, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what you're saying, Stephanie, is there is a way that Black Panther felt like it was more conscious of some of these sensitivities um, within um, within communities uh, within the African American and as well as 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 within um, the African Africans in America community right. because you know there is there is you know we talk we, we, we talk a lot about um, flattening blacknesses and you know there are African Americans there are um, non-American blacks there are people who live in African countries who currently who are also watching this who see things differently and so like there is no there is no homogenous blackness here that's going to be viewing these things in the same way um what about black is king and the way that black is king is thoroughly imbricated with a sort imbricated let me know that's like my, my, my classroom voice um <laughs> the way black is king is um tied up with a specific capitalist um, profit-based version of um, black liberation and, um, and, 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 and success. How do we, how do we, how do we think about that one? Especially to the extent that, that the location of, I mean, in all of these, the location of the epitome of these specific fantasies of success are an invented African landscape and an African fantasy scape yeah, yeah. Um, in all of them. I mean, I think because I know Beyonce did some work with working, you know, finding really good artists in Africa across Africa, actually, South Africa, um, different countries in West Africa um, to work with on that album. So the album, the, the Gift album, it's it may be one of my top 20. It's such a beautiful album. Mm -hmm. um, and so because I know that, you know, I know that there was some intention to Black is King. You know, mm -hmm. there's some some of those songs she's not she's hardly even on, you mm -hmm, know, like mm -hmm, like she mm -hmm. she's she stepped back. Mm -hmm. So that those artists, those African ar artists, could step up and get their, get their time, you know, and get their spotlight on them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think the intention 
of the artist has to be brought in into play here. Um, certainly there were parts of Black is King that, I mean, we are really not all royal, right? Um, but but I think there were some little moments where, where for example, it reminded us, us of the imperial and the colonial yeah. um, background and the and the we history. We are not all kings and queens. And Neither so on. do we yeah. all want to be, right? Yeah. Like, where do right. we get the kings exactly. and queens thing from? Right, right. Yes. But but there were shots of, but there were also shots of, you know, gritty urban neighborhoods. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in 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 Blackest King. So I'm going to give that one a a pass. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it mm-hmm. like seven out of ten mm-hmm. um, for Tina's like mm. for not pissing me off <laughs> bring it you know, Tina bring it no I, it's coming I'm not, it's coming I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck with Black is King but what I will say is that I never I'm the one that's gonna say capitalism is not the path for our liberation that's what I'm gonna say you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put a sentence after put that. A period. Mm-hmm. A period. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I. But that's but that's also difficult to say to an African, who has mm-hmm. been, um, who has, you know, the whole, the whole Cold War was fought on our grounds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we were pawns in in that whole Us thing. Too. Mm-hmm. Us too. Right. Mm-hmm. The Jamaicans, the Trinidadians. I yeah. mean, we were we were all pawns. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick one. The, they're both terrible, you know, like, like they both had motives. Um, and now that we have been given this model of, econ- of e- economics or banking or whatever, what are we going to do? You know, what, what are we supposed to, to do with that? Um, definitely pr- problematic as, as Christina said, but I don't think it's as simple as saying we're going to kick it out, you know, be- yeah. because then what do we have? And, you know. and SS, I'm with you. I guess I'm not, when I say that capitalism isn't our path to liberation, I'm not necessarily suggesting that, again, that binary approach of right, like, right, the right. kind of Soviet Union communism is the, the model that we should follow because we know that does, didn't work that either. That didn't work right? either. So, right. um, and so I guess I, I do think we should approach that in a kind of nuanced way. I, I find um, it problematic on a dangerous level when we celebrate and romanticize capitalism as the kind of um path to liberation i mean someone like beyonce i mean she's like part of the one percent right now right like think about like you know economically speaking kind of where beyonce and jay-z sit in terms of the kind of like the the wealth gap that exists not just in the u.s but in the world right Mm -hmm. and so i think that needs to be kind of um, yeah. Just as well. I yeah, I you. think mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of like the aspirational politics, right? Like, so one of the things that I think about a lot too are the ways, like, even seeing, um, seeing a, a, a meme from 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 a popular um, social media personality who is now in like the Oprah circles and that kind of thing. The meme that says um, social media is now democratic. Everybody can. Can, can can be successful at it like the logic that if you work hard it's it's gaslighting it's gaslighting in in in, in a really um gross way that somehow if you know how to do instagram you're going to be able to put food on your family's table it's 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 there is a way in which we can think about how um, these images of success and aspiration that are couched in capitalist logics um that 
when we when we tie them to working hard and everybody has access to them that's when it starts to get super dangerous right and i think Absolutely. i think in some other ways that it 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 it, it it's it's presented to us as, as as democratic um and only contingent on on you know you working hard if you're not successful it's because you haven't worked hard enough is is it's gaslighting um and i think a lot of these products these cultural products that give us images of black success and black success couched in terms of an opulence of wealth an opulence of wealth that is indexed by colonial and imperial images of king and queen um mm -hmm. that it it, it 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 puts us in in it compromises the ability to actually um it's funny like my brain is working faster than my mouth is um it, it, it compromises our ability to think of like liberation as being possible. And, you know, like liberation isn't possible within capitalist frameworks. But here's the thing. I don't know if in our lifetime we're going to have any other framework. So how <laughs> do we make this stuff look like, how do we make this stuff as accessible to as many people as we can? And I want to say um, a big part, too, of why this particular film is 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 appealing um, is is because it it presents some of that ideas that this democratic sharing everybody can like you have access to this there is black wealth or it's not even so much wealth but like you know all of these phrases black excellence like it's one of the things that 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 puts that on display as well however problematic and however it is contingent on a thoroughly fetishistic representation of um of 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 African culture right. Um, after that lecture, um, thank you for coming to my TED talk. It is the Sherry show. <laughs> it is, right? It is the Sherry show. It's not the, it's not the Kiana Irvin show, nor is it the Stephanie Shalikon show. <laughs> I'm going to edit half of that shit out. Um, um, I'm going to ask a hard question, even though we have only just like five minutes to wrap this. I'm going to ask a hard question. Um, to see where we go as we um, we conclude this conversation about coming to America, <sighs> what do what would we have? What would we like to see? What would we have liked to see in this particular iteration? Like I know CM said the movie shouldn't have been made. And I think I disagree with that because like there was an argument um, a couple weeks ago in Jamaica about a racist textbook or a textbook that did a racist thing. And people were saying, throw it away and you should throw away every single racist book. And my heart was just like, are y'all crazy? How the hell are we going to know where we're coming from? Like we need to, we need to keep our, we need to keep our archives, right? We need to keep our things that help us know where, where our progress has been, right? Um, so yeah, I don't quite agree that it shouldn't have been made, but how, how might this movie have indexed some kind of progress? Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, this question is loaded too, because it, it presumes that we've made progress. I want to feel like we've made progress. I feel like the fact that I'm sitting here talking to colleagues who are representative of um, Black communities that are global is progress, right? Um, how would something like this index some of that? Like, what would that look like? What would a coming to America that we would enjoy look like? Okay, so I think if this sequel would have been critical of itself mm -hmm. through comedic sensibilities mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could have watched it and been entertained by it 
I think that's mine too, Christina. Like if it was more self-aware of itself in its moment. Exactly. Like what KE said about a specific historical moment that did comedy in a way that was not politically aware in diasporically responsible ways. Um, if it came back on itself reflexively, if it came back understanding yes. itself as a product of a problematic moment and exactly. tried to undo some of that, um, I mean, they're going to say like the stuff about Me Too and, and, and that kind of thing that they brought up was was a part of, of trying to reconcile that. But I also think like the cultural competency um, that would have come from that kind of reflection just, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't nope. there. Nope. Nope. Let me just throw something out there. I mean, one relationality um, and solidarity, right, mm-hmm. across the, across um kind of global, di- Black global diaspora, right? So right now, or at least even in the Black Panther, as both in the Black Panther and in Coming to America 1 and 2, mm-hmm. there is this juxtaposition of like, uh, you know, this, this fantasized, you know, kind of African wealth as salvific or as has a saving mm-hmm. power for yes. Black working class yes. people um, in cities in the yes, United States. Yes, LA, whatever, I think in Black Panther mm-hmm. was on the West Coast. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But what about, again, a relational um, kind of endeavor, Ooh, right? Or yeah. a notions of solidarity, right? right or yes. a, a sense of shared struggle, right? Because mm-hmm. one thing that does not come up in either of these, I think, to, to an extent that it needs to, is struggles uh folks in west africa continent yeah. of africa like what are the yeah. struggles there yeah and how yeah. might a black internationalism uh-huh. right create right. uh these kind of moments of of solidarity and collect and not not without conflict mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, so not mm-hmm. the absence of conflict but mm-hmm. a different kind of frame i think mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Re- the mm-hmm. relational seems really important I, something mm-hmm. i would i would want to see mm-hmm. uh-huh. let's rethink kinship you know yeah. yes Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, I will say that um, what would have made this better would be everything that KE just said, that's, let's just emphasize that, put it in bold, emphasize mm-hmm. it. Mail make it, it to big. the producers. Yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. That That's what I want to see. But also, can we leave Gladys at home? <laughs> Stay home, Gladys. Okay. That's the that's all that we have time today for. We need to leave Gladys Knight out of the foolishness. So, <laughs> sister scholars, thank you so much for giving me time in this this spot right in between so many things. I really appreciate the conversation, and I'm looking forward to you guys coming back next season for more talks about the cultural products that we love to love or that we love to just you know hate. So, mm-hmm. thank you thank for you. coming to the thank Sherry you. Show. Always fun.